that time, the sports talker. Here's TJ Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you. Tournament Tuesday, the official start of the NCAA tournament tonight with some play-in games. You're going to find out Kentucky's opponent after tonight with Hampton playing Manhattan. Two 16 seeds going at it in Dayton. And then the other game tonight is BYU Ole Miss. That is for the 11th seed in the West. Tomorrow, uh, North Florida will take on Robert Morris in the playing game. And then I'm pretty sure Boise State and Dayton play each other. Uh, so we'll talk plenty, plenty of college basketball today and the tournament. A little bit of bad news is no show tomorrow because I'll have to be down at the Yum Center interviewing UK's team for their media day before they take on the winner of Hampton versus Manhattan. Uh, but with that being the bad news, the good news is that means we're going to talk almost virtually all tournament today, uh, give predictions, uh, and we're not going to go game by game in the tournament. I won't, I won't lay out my bracket for you that way because I don't think that would be uh, very fun radio to listen to, uh, but we'll, we will talk about possible some some first round upsets, who to watch out for, and, and the toughest part of the brackets, the the games that most people miss, those eight, nine, seven, ten games. So we're going to go through some of those games and and try to help you fill out a a great bracket. Uh, joined with me today, working the board is Trevor. Trevor, how are you? I'm excellent. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. It's a St. Patrick's Day edition. Do you have your green on? I, I'm an Eagles fan, TJ. You know I always have green in my closet. Uh, me being a Packers fan, I, I do too. I actually left the house this day and had to go uh, down to UofL's campus and record the Cats Illustrated podcast, and I had for, forgot to put green on just because I didn't even realize what day it was. Forgot to put green on, but as soon as I got back, I, I switched it out. So now I'm wearing green, so nobody can legally pinch me. Uh, well, I guess it'd be illegal to pinch anybody. Anyways, if you went up to a stranger and pinched them, I, they, I guess, would have wanted to. to that, that's, frowned, that's frowned upon? I, if, I, I, if I'd known is. that was against the rules, I would have definitely not done that. Uh, Trevor, I think it is it is uh, frowned upon to go up to strangers and just start randomly pinching people. On today's show, we're going to have Justin Rowland of CatsIllustrated.com. As you can see, now that we're getting guests back on the show on a regular basis, uh, there's going to be a lot of Cats Illustrated guys on here. One, because they work for, they work with me, not for me. Uh, I, I work for them, if anything. Uh, but they are fun. They're smart. They know what they're talking about. They're going to come on the show uh, uh, from time to time. So Justin Rowland, the football recruiting analyst, will come on today. And we might ask a question or two about football recruiting, but if you're familiar with Cats Illustrated and our message boards as of late, Justin Rowland has several, several hot takes on basketball. And he had a, he had a post today that has gotten a ton of views, well over 1,000 views, um, well over 50 replies, and that's in a short amount of time, that if anybody is picking against Kentucky winning the national title – they are seeking out attention just for attention's sake and that there's no way that anybody could possibly pick against UK at this point. I'm going to ask him about that, that and I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate there uh, because I, I disagree with him, uh, but it is a strong, it is a strong opinion, and, and uh, again, Justin Rowland is, is informed as, as they come when it comes to basketball, and there's nobody better when it comes to UK football recruiting, so he'll join us in the second segment, and we'll talk all about that. 
uh, and that should be that sh- that should be a good time. Later tonight, with those tournament games starting, I'm excited for for this, Trevor, and I'm curious if you've ever heard this. Uh, I, I did this three years ago, and I did it two years ago. I, I didn't do it last year. I don't know why, but I, I pulled together a bunch of my friends, and and the past two times I did it, we just did the Sweet 16 games and on. This year, we completed the uh, field of 64, where you can purchase teams, and then you get that team, but you don't get the team to advance. You get the team for the spread. So if Kentucky were to play Manhattan and Kentucky was a 30-point favorite, but Kentucky only won by 24, the person that had Manhattan would get Kentucky for the next round. Uh, Trevor, have you ever heard of a a, a bracket pool like that? No, I've done the fantasy players where you you purchase the players and you get their total points through the bracket, and you get like 10 guys. I've done that too. You get a certain amount of money to spend, yeah. and then you get that team with those guys. And you want to make uh, sure to get a guy that's going to play in six games, and not just a guy that's going to be two games and put up you know thirty points in each game, something like that. Yeah, it's kind of tricky, but I've done that. But no, the way you just described that sounds somewhat confusing. I, you'd have to, to to talk slower for me to understand it. And you're not the not the first person that's gotten confused. And I and I do that fantasy league, basketball player league as well. Although I haven't gotten the 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 email about it this year. So I'm curious to see what whoever my buddy who does it, how he's going to price out those players. Cause that's always the interesting part last year. If you would have made a team full of Kentucky guys, I think you could have gotten those guys. I think in my league, you get $15 to spend and there's $5 players, $4 players, $3 players, $2 players, and obviously $1 players. A lot of the Kentucky guys were $3 players and the majority of them, I guess would be $2 players. You could have, you would have won if you had done that. I think I ended up coming in second last year, and I don't I don't really remember who was on my team. Uh, but this this is called spread madness, and I didn't make this up, but I didn't learn it from anybody else. So I know I'm not the first person to ever do this because other people have told me that they've done something similar like this, but I never was taught it from anybody else. So uh, I didn't steal an idea; it came to my own. But I wasn't the first person to come up with it. I'm sure. So here's how it ha- and it's completely luck. 110% complete luck. There is no skill. So, Trevor, let's say for uh, in this year's spread madness pool, we've got 20, 20 people, uh, and everybody bought, just on average, uh, I, I guess, three teams. Maybe a few people bought four. Uh, and So you buy three or you buy four teams, and then what happens tonight, this is what we'll do, is we'll cut up names in a hat. We'll put the names of uh, of the people. So let's say Trevor, you were in the uh, you bought four teams and I bought four teams. Yep. So our name would be put in the hat four times, and then you just go straight down the bracket. And for Kentucky, you draw out a name. And let's say Trevor, you end up with Kentucky. So that's your team. And then let's say the next one we pull out is for Manhattan or Hampton, and we pull out my name. So that's my team. <laughs> So those, well, no, it's not a bad thing. And having Kentucky could actually be a big curse because you're not playing the team, you're playing against the spread. So in order for Trevor, for you to move on, you, Kentucky has to cover that spread. So again, if the spread is 30 points, Kentucky has to win by 31 or else you're eliminated. And now the confusing part, Trevor, is... Is if Manhattan, if Kentucky's going to beat Manhattan, obviously, but what if Manhattan covers? Because that's, I guess, a 50 50 shot. So let's say Kentucky wins by 28 or 27 or 26. Then I advance 
because my team covered the spread, but the confusing part is, well, Manhattan lost, so how can you advance if your team lost? I take over Kentucky and get their spread for the next game. So that becomes my team. Even though my team lost, they covered the spread, so that means you actually lost, and I move on. Does that make sense? Uh, Yeah, I, I get what you're saying now. So you take Kentucky, so you just like took my team like in a – What's that, that, that Santa game in the office where they, they pick like the gifts bad, away from people? Bad Santa, yeah. White Elephant, uh, all those. All, there's a thousand different names. Something Yankee, Yankee, or he. <laughs> Yankee <laughs> Swap Scott, or something. Michael Scott calls it Yankee Swap. Yeah. So uh, it is very, it, it's, it's, I guess that's an okay comparison, Trevor. But that's how you do it. And it, it is, again, complete luck, but that can make you watching, let's say, a game that you you wouldn't even care about SMU UCLA nobody really in the, in these parts has a rooting interest there but it makes every game you could you could have to start rooting for a random team uh, it, it's pretty fun to do and it goes on throughout the tournament it'll go into the championship game uh, you could end up having a new team every round if you're if you keep getting underdogs and they keep covering so you could go from rooting against the team to rooting for them the next week uh because if you had Manhattan, you're rooting, yeah. you're rooting for Kentucky not to cover, yeah. but then you took over Kentucky, so the next week you're rooting for Kentucky to cover. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. And then, but once your team's the favorite, you obviously have to root for them to not only win but to cover. Yeah. But if you're the underdog, you could be. You're right. So it, it it'll be fun. We're gonna do the drawing tonight. I'll let everybody know when we do the show. I guess on Thursday. I I, I guess we again no show tomorrow because I've got to work. Thursday we are scheduled, and then Friday we are not. I uh, think there is the IU game, and you can always listen to Indiana and the Hoosiers here on fourteen fifty the Sports Buzz. That will be taking place during the show on Friday, so no it show. Might on be Friday. your last chance. So you might want to tune in. Exactly. So, so again, Thursday would be uh, a good time, and college basketball will be going on while the show is going on. So that should be a fun show. And speaking of Indiana and. And the Hoosiers, Tom Crean with a very ominous goodbye, possibly uh, on his on his call in show yesterday that the Hoosiers leave today. I, I think they're playing in Omaha for their first and second round games against uh, Wichita State. And if they if they win, then uh, Kansas potentially to see seeing how the brackets all play out. This is what Tom Crean had to say on his radio show. He said, the support you all have shown over the years, and especially the last week, I can't tell you what that meant for me to walk in here and see so many people being that way. Uh, He goes on to say, and the loyalty that you will have to Indiana basketball and what you've shown to the Creens and what you've shown to us, that never goes unappreciated, I promise you. And and then later on, talking to Don Fisher, the radio host, says there are a lot of great honors you can get in any walk of life, especially in college basketball, in coaching basketball. But being able to partner up with you the last seven years, talking to Don Fisher, and being able to be in here with you this year and being here at this podium with you, I'll put that right at the top. I'm dead serious. Thank you for everything. Trevor, that sounds like a sayonara. Uh, this is our, our the swan song. It could be though, misreading re- too much into it. Maybe he's just telling people that he doesn't believe that Indiana will beat Wichita State, and he's thanking them for a great year as opposed to a great tenure in Indiana. That's that. That's true too. Uh, that I definitely think it's a goodbye in some capacity, and whether that's a goodbye forever, see you later, Hoosierland. Thanks for the the seven or eight years, 
or it's, eh, we're not making it out of this weekend. We're not going to be having another coaches show previewing the Sweet 16. It's one or the other, and neither one's good. But if it's, uh, reading between the lines, I, I don't know. I, I think he would have at least thrown some things out there, even if, if he was saying goodbye for the season, saying that, hey, we're not going to beat Wichita State, and if we do, we're not going to get past Kansas. I still would have thought he would have at least dropped in there that, the future's bright. I look forward to doing this again next year. Uh, it, it's always fun to to have these seasons with you, and uh, next season I will be a good time too. I would have thought uh, somewhere along the line he would have mentioned something optimistic about the future had he not been saying goodbye for good. And and Trevor, I don't know if you've been hearing anything, but i've I've heard from I've heard from people for, uh, from different schools, not just people uh, close to Indiana but also close to some other schools that, uh, that that he could be on his way out and they might already have a replacement in line uh, if that were the case. And, and I'll, 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 I'll drop the name out there. I don't really like participating in rumors without me knowing for sure, but it, it's coach speak, so uh, maybe, maybe I will drop in the name. But have you heard anything like that, Trevor? I have not, but I have no problem stepping on toast. So if you want to text me the name, I'll say it if it makes you feel uncomfortable. Oh, no, it's. It, I'll, I'll say it. the the rumor is Billy Donovan. Have you heard? So you haven't heard that at all. I, not not unless the name is the, the available job is Kentucky or Louisville. No, uh, that's the name I always hear connected with those schools. Even though neither job he ever goes to the Billy Donovan Indian. That makes almost no sense to me. A little bit. I mean, why he has no I connection to ties. I think it makes plenty of sense. Why why would why would you be surprised to see him leave Florida? Because if he was going to leave Florida, it would have been to the job he'd left Florida for one day at least already before, and that was the Orlando Magic, i.e. an NBA job. I just don't see why you would leave a comfortable place in Florida where they, when you can have a season like this or you can a somewhat, and maybe too mean to say, but choke in three, or three elite eights or four elite eights in a row and not get the pressure of your job and heat on your job. I, why would you leave that kind of atmosphere that you can still get in top-notch athletes without the pressure. It's the best of both worlds down in Florida for Billy Donovan. Well, and I don't necessarily disagree with that, but again, to play devil's advocate here, uh, one, that could also be a downside that he could have as bad as a year as he had this year, and nobody said anything. And you know why nobody said anything? Because nobody cares about basketball down in Gainesville. Nobody cares about basketball down in Florida. And maybe for the first decade uh, that that Billy Donovan had been there, that was a nice thing. Uh, but he won some national titles. He thought, hey, that could be what this this program needs to reach that blue blood level to get people on board. And nothing stuck there from the from a recruiting standpoint. That helped. And, and Florida doesn't recruit year in and year out with the best of them, but they're not hurting for players either. They, they generally get good classes, uh, top 20 at worst, usually top 10. So he, he's recruiting well there, but you could certainly recruit better at Indiana. And also to your other point, you know, you go to four straight elite eights and again, nothing sticks, nothing. Uh, you go to the final four and, and it doesn't seem like basketball has moved forward or taken any step forward over the past few years in Gainesville, and, and you don't see any more fans there. And, and this year was uh, kind of a, a slap in the face in that. And, of course, nobody wants to see bad teams, but there was games at the O-Dome where it, it looked half full, and I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, and I'm sure Florida would lie about those numbers anyways, but you would watch some of their random SEC games and nobody was there. So at what point does Billy Donovan say, I, I'm, I need a challenge, I need a new challenge, I need some – I need – 
I need a, to go to a place where people love basketball, where they respect basketball, where I'm going to be held accountable for bad seasons. And again, I don't know if coaches like that, but also with the money that he'd probably get at Indiana, well, that also be pretty. That would also be nice too. And he could certainly recruit better at Indiana than he could at Florida, although he's not hurting at Florida. So I have heard that name thrown around. Now, again, I'm not buying into it. I'm not buying into it just yet, at least. But you could see that you, you could see some talks between those two parties. And again, with the Tom Crean coaches show yesterday, I tend to think that that maybe at least on his end, there could be a, an opening despite despite IU owing him a ton of money. Captain Arctic, tweet, go on. Trevor. I was going to say with Billy Donovan, I mean, you were about to mention the money with Crean because that made me think. I mean, there's got to be some kind of buyout deal with Billy Donovan at Florida too. So you're talking about probably spending not only the money you would to, to let Crean go, but probably twice that much and double it up to probably help get Donovan away from Florida in terms of what he probably has a buyout deal. And, and that's been that, that and that's been discussed. And, and one thing I've heard, and this is coming from people at IU, so you got to take this with a grain of salt because they're going to at least say, and people are going to hear what they want to hear and say what they want to hear is that Tom Crean would resign and work out an agreement with IU that wouldn't be the exact buyout. How noble of him. Yeah. Well, really it's probably the least he could do after the, the run he's had there. But if I was Tom Crean, I'd say, no way you're paying me that full amount or else I'm not going anywhere. And, and, or you can fire me and you're still paying that whole amount. Another thing is that IU would try to help. Another thing I've heard is that IU would try to help Tom Crean line up another job. And then again, settle on the amount and say, Hey, we helped you get a new job. You're going to be getting paid there. So we're going to pay you this X amount, not the full amount. It's funny uh, you would bring that up because while you were talking the truth, you know the truth. Everybody loves the truth. Called up yeah. and uh, just wanted to let me know. And, and if he'd heard the, if I'd heard the rumors, he told me exactly what you've been talking about with Big Donovan and the goodbye and last night's show. But he said his sources, and we all know the truth has many sources, has Tom Crean heading to Alabama. And that's what Captain Arctic tweeted in just, just moments ago. Said, uh, tan cream to Alabama. That's a good one. Uh, but, and that's, and I've heard that thrown around for a while now. Uh, it would be similar in a way to the Marquette job, except Marquette basketball fans obviously care more than Alabama fans do, but you also have a much bigger sleeping fan base at Alabama where you have seen Alabama competitive in years past, uh, and have sold out arenas. Uh, you could have a style of play, and Alabama is going to be swinging for the fences because you got Bruce Pearl right down the road at Auburn that's bringing some uh, a sexy style of basketball to the Plains. Do Alabama needs to needs to hire somebody good? I don't know if Tom Crean would be the best person that they could hire. Yes, he's he's a big name. Yes, he's experienced. But what could he have possibly done at IU uh, on one of the biggest stages in college basketball over the past seven or eight years? That would make you think that he could be successful at a much smaller place, and I'm I'm genuinely asking Trevor what besides the one good year where they were a number one overall seed, four tournament wins in that time frame, uh, that's 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 not even up to Alabama's standards, which is the crazy thing. First of all, and let me start by saying I'm actually not a huge Crean fan, but two, I think he gets kind of a raw deal because I people forget what he inherited in Indiana. I know it's been six years. Oh, took no. it. Don't, don't don't start. I know you're you're on the anti cream bandwagon. I'm really. And it's funny to be this in this side of the, the the argument because I've never was a cream fan. I didn't really. I've always thought 
He was basically uh, Dwayne Wade walked to the Final Four, never did has done really much since at Marquette, and I don't know why Indiana hired him. But that being said, I still think he gets kind of a raw deal because he did take over such a bad program. And if it's Alabama, to their argument, I think it's their kind of reaction to their rivals down there in Auburn who hired Bruce Pearl wanting to get a name, whether it's a good hire or not, because it's basketball, not football, that they could at least match the name that Auburn brought in last year as a level of somebody that at least people know of, opposed to another assistant coach. And and I get that, too. And if you're Alabama, it's a tough decision because they thought, hey, we've got this up-and-comer with Anthony Grant. Anthony Grant was as close to a can't-miss up-and-comer as anybody could be. Uh, he, he was uh, successful at VCU. He was young. Uh, he wasn't overly energetic, and you didn't see that at Alabama. But he was intense with his players. His players liked playing for him. And it just it, it never worked out, and it makes you wonder – at Alabama, is is it ever going to work out? But it also could, like you said, Trevor, maybe it will make them think twice about hiring a new up-and-comer because it's not a guarantee. And winning at Alabama, winning the SEC conference with Kentucky shadow is a tough thing to do. It'll be interesting to see if that – what ends up happening with the coaching uh, changes after this season and, and, and how, how quickly IU moves and, and who their top targets are going to be if, in fact, it will be Billy Donovan. Alabama couldn't beat Kentucky when they had Pelfrey and Fieldhouse going against Latrell Sprewell and Robert Ory. Alabama will always be Alabama in basketball. And to, to an extent, you're probably right. I, I still think that the SEC is big enough for four or five consistent good programs, but right now it's struggling to get three on a consistent basis. So uh, it, it, I, I'm probably wrong in that sense. We're going to head to our first commercial break. There's a lot of tweets I need to get to, uh, and we need to turn this conversation away from from Alabama and Indiana basketball and get it back to March Madness. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have Justin Rowland on the phone. We're going to talk UK. I might say some uh, – again, I'm, I'm not going to pat UK directly on the back. I'm going to play a little devil's advocate there. So it should be fun. Stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Sports Talker with T.J. Walker on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Beautiful Tuesday afternoon, college basketball starting tonight. Before we get to the college, to more college basketball talk, and the first segment was filled with it, uh, we've got Justin rolling on, football recruiting analyst at catsillustrated.com and rivals.com. Justin, how are you? I'm excellent, man. I know I covered uh, college football recruiting, but I'm just as excited about the tournament as anybody else, man. It kind of dominates the narrative right now. I, I can tell. You've been posting on the message boards. You've been putting on Twitter. And uh, it, and it's for somebody that focal point is on football, uh, you obviously know what you're talking about and, and uh, also very opinionated on the matter. First, before we get to that, it, it'd be a shame if we had you on and we didn't talk a little bit about football. Uh, 14 guys already t- committed to Kentucky for the class of 2016. Uh, just how great of a start is it for UK's 2016 class? It's really good, and it's my job to defend the ranking system with rivals, and I do, I do believe in it. I think that it's, it's a good indicator of how good most classes are. I don't think it tells the whole story. I think you're going to see some guys that, that see their rankings rise, frankly. I really like the guys that Kentucky has right now. I think they've got an excellent mix of guys that are 
that are pretty surefire contributors and guys that have really high ceilings. You know, across the board, I think this class has really good athleticism. And after this camp and combine season, uh, going through April and, and through July, I think people are going to be surprised at just how high some of these guys' stock is. I'm, I'm talking about A.J. Rose, the running back from Ohio, Devontae Robinson, the athlete from right there in Lexington, the defensive back. Talking about uh, even Kyone Ross, the, the junior college receiver. Just, just a lot of size and underrated athleticism in this group. I think in terms of production that we can expect over the next few years, I wouldn't be surprised if this is their best class yet. I don't think it's going to match the ranking of the 2014 class, but I think, you know, frankly, I, I like these guys better. I think player for player is the highest quality group they've gotten. Yeah, that's, that's saying a lot to say that talent-wise and, and for your opinion, you know better than anybody else, that this class could be more skilled and, and better overall than the 2014 class. I'll be interesting to see how, also how Rivals rank some of these guys. Last football question before we, we turn our focus to basketball because it is March after all. What's the latest with Austin Kendall? Uh, he decommitted from Tennessee. You called that months before that happening. What's going on there? You know, I don't want to say too much, but I feel re- I feel like Kentucky's really got a good shot here. Um, and and a conversation that I had last night, and, and I'll leave some of this on on our site, but um, I, th- I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later. I think Kentucky is probably going to be where he ends up, and I wouldn't be shocked if it happens relatively soon. I think uh, he pretty much knows where he wants to go. I think he felt like he owed it to himself to open things up rather than just flip. But I think he's been leaning to Kentucky for a little while, and I think he sees an opportunity to step potentially into a starter's role in the SEC relatively early. Just makes a lot of sense logistically to be at the same place that his brother's at. But on top of that, I think he really he really buys into Shannon Dawson, uh, the offense that he had, and, and Dana Holgerson had at West Virginia, and the kind of quarterback that he is and how that would match up. I think he sees a convergence of a lot of factors uh, creating a really positive situation with, with with a lot of skill guys that are going to be stepping into veteran spots on the roster. Think about the, all the freshmen and the sophomore receivers Kentucky has. They're going to be seniors when Austin Kendall's really you know, going to hopefully be making a name for himself in the SEC if that's where he ends up. And he's become very familiar with Kentucky. I know his family likes the school a lot. I wouldn't be surprised if this guy's a wildcat by the uh, by the end of March and or maybe sometime in April. He, he might wait and see Michigan, but I wouldn't be surprised if this happens sooner rather than later. That would be an absolutely huge pickup for for Stoops and and Dawson Kendall, four star quarterback uh, from North Carolina, and, and has a, a great offer sheet. Uh, but we'll 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 see how that all plays out. And again, you can go to catsillustrated.com, House of Blue, and and uh, get up to the up to the minute, up to the day, whatever's going on. Justin will be posting it there, and we are talking with Justin Rowland of catsillustrated.com. Let's flip over to basketball, and and there was a post that you made again. If you want to be a part of the conversation, Cats Illustrated is is the place to go. But there was a, a post you made that about. If anybody's picking against Kentucky right now or in the tournament, then they're just doing it for attention, and they couldn't—they couldn't possibly really think Kentucky wouldn't win the title. I want you to explain that here on the radio. What exactly you meant by it? I saw the post, but for those that haven't read it, what's your what's your opinion on people not taking Kentucky to win at all? Explain yourself. Yeah, well, I'll stand by the comment. I don't think it. I don't think it requires a lot of explanation. I think, 
you know, we've got 34 games worth of sample to lay out on the table, um, and that goes for just about any team in the country. You know, one team has lost zero games. Uh, every other team has lost multiple games. Um, you know, Kentucky's faced every challenge uh, that, that they, they've been given this year, and they've answered the bell. I think it's, it's pretty clear that when they've needed to just, you know, step on an opponent's throat, they, they've proven that they can done it. Frankly, I don't think the playing field is all that level. I think there's a huge gap between Kentucky and the second-best team in the country this year. And, and you know, it's not that no other team can win the title. That's not the point. Kentucky could lose. But if you're being serious about what you think the most likely scenario is, I don't think that there is any rational case for any other school. The most likely scenario is that Kentucky's going to win the national championship, and it's not even close. It's not close. You know, the second, the second school that you would put in that spot you know, is light years behind Kentucky. You know, you, the computer models are going to have Kentucky between 41 and 49% likelihood based on the numbers that they're going to win the title. Frankly, I, I think those numbers are conservative because they don't factor in the home court advantage that Kentucky's going to have in these games. And they only had in 2012 Kentucky as like a 31% favorite. And, and frankly, I thought they and Louisville the next year, you know, were more likely, but with the benefit of hindsight, I thought they were more likely than that to win the title, and they did. I think, this, I think if you play this tournament ten times, this Kentucky team wins it eight times. And, you know, I, I think this Kentucky team would win the tournament if they played all six games on the road. You know, I'm that confident that this Kentucky team is going to win this. I would be shocked, be shocked if they lose in, the, in, this, in this tournament. I, I just don't see it happening. I think, I think you've got NBA teams, I think you've got college teams, and I think you've got Kentucky, which is somewhere between the two. And, and yeah. you know, I, I don't think it's a fair fight. Wow, uh, that, uh, that's uh, you're very confident about it. And if Kentucky does go through and and run the table and, and does it with relative ease, as if you're suggesting uh, suggesting that I won't soon forget this conversation. But I, I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a second. Let me start by saying I, I think Kentucky will win the title. I, I think they're the best team in college basketball, and I, and I think they they there's no reason they should slip up. But to to say that people that are picking against Kentucky are maybe just doing it for attention. Well, let me ask you this, Justin. Kentucky probably should have lost to Ole Miss. That was a game where Ole Miss was up by two at Rupp Arena, up by two and had the ball, and UK was actually going to foul and ended up getting a steal and tying that game up and going into overtime and winning that game. They probably should have lost to, to Texas A&M if Texas A&M takes out their, their worst free-throw shooter that Kentucky just fouled time after time. They probably find a way to win that game. So, And I'm not saying that Kentucky losing means they're not the best team, but what if they did have two losses, just like Villanova has two losses and Wisconsin has three and Duke has four and Virginia has three? Does that change anything for you? Is it just the fact that they haven't lost that makes you so sure, or is it what they've done in other games and some of their wins that, that makes you so confident? Well, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot, there are a lot of factors that go into it. You know, when we're talking about the college football playoff, and I realize we're talking about different sports. You're talking about who should get in, who's the best team. You know, subconsciously, people made a distinction between the teams that had no losses and the teams that have one loss. Well, if, you, if, you've, got, if you've got one loss, then we're all on the same page. You know, the, the, those schools are all in the conversation. You know, you're not in the conversation. You don't have this. So I think there's something to be said for not having lost 
any for having lost no games. I think that there is absolutely something to be said for that. And, you know, regardless of what sport we're talking about, you can just as easily say they should have beaten North Carolina by 30 as, as they should have lost to Ole Miss. You know, it, it, it's like any school that's lost a game. You know, they should have been 8-4 and four as opposed to 10-2. and two. Well, they could have been 12-0. and 0. You know, they are 34-0. and 0, You know, and, and every single time they answered the bell. The gap between zero losses and three. Well, you know, the fact is, every single time over 34 games, not 10 games, 34 games, the first time in 40 years a Power Five conference answered the bell every single time. Now, I'm not saying that, that there's like destiny or fate at play or whatever. They could have lost. But they didn't. Thirty-four times, you know, you can't discount that. I just, I just don't think they're on the same level as any other team in college basketball. And I think, you know, down by, down by six, whatever, at Florida, at LSU, at Georgia, when they wanted to flip the switch, they flipped the switch, and everybody saw it coming. If, if you've watched this team, you knew they were going to flip the switch and win those games. I did, and, and I'm saying it in advance. You can remember it. They're going to flip the switch. They might be tested, but they're going to win all six games. And I don't buy into the fact that Kentucky needed a loss. I don't think that's true, especially with a team that's experienced. A lot of the players went to the national title game last year on a very bumpy season where they did experience losses. And they've also been in every scenario, every different sort of situation this year. They've played physical teams. They've played grinded out games. They've played speeded up games. They've seen it all. But Justin, if and I know obviously you think Kentucky's going to win the title, but out of the out of Virginia, Duke, Wisconsin, Arizona, I really think it's just those four teams that could possibly beat Kentucky. Really, I think it's just three. I don't think Virginia could. Are there any teams where you could see it being back and forth coming down to the wire, or or, or is it just as long as Kentucky's on their A game, it's going to be they're they're going to bulldoze everybody. You know, if if they want to, and I say want to, if they if they bring their A game, I don't think that anybody would come within say eight points of them. I think Arizona is probably the one team that, when they're playing their best, has the talent to keep it close. Um, <laughs> Arizona is the one team in my mind. You know, Virginia is a little bit spooky if you're Calipari. I think just because. You know, you're introducing more variables when you shorten the game like that. And if the game's close in the in the second half, you get tight because you start looking at the clock and you realize you don't have that many opportunities left. So I'll throw Virginia in, and I actually think Virginia is going to make the title and 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 would make it relatively close. But I, I don't think Duke's going to get there. They don't play defense well enough. There's not much of a precedent for for a bad defensive team getting that far. Um, but I would I would say Arizona is probably the one that you look at. And I think Arizona's up there. I, again, I just think Virginia has too much problems on their own offensive end to worry about what other offenses are doing. Obviously, they're great at, at, at defense. But again, playing devil's advocate, I think Kentucky gets to the title game. I think they win the title game. I, I don't think they could have a much easier region, uh, all things considered. But when you look back at Kentucky's schedule and you look back at who they've played, and it's a great uh, out-of-conference schedule. I guess they've played, what, 13 NCAA tournament teams, 11 teams, maybe 13 different times. They, they're experienced. They, they've, they've played some great teams. But Kansas ended up 
with eight losses on the year. North Carolina has 10 or 11. Louisville has quite a few losses. Uh, you look at their out-of-conference schedule, and they didn't really play. Well, obviously, they didn't play any of the other one seeds. Wisconsin, a very experienced team that probably should have beat Kentucky in the Final Four last year. I know you don't think much of Duke because of their defense, but they're probably offensively just as good as anybody. So none of those teams that they haven't played, uh, you don't think they could have an off night to where, again, the only thing that comes back to me is you said that people that aren't picking Kentucky are looking for attention. So if somebody thinks that maybe just Wisconsin matches up just as well as Kentucky, you just you can't see a scenario where you're buying that? No. Well, I mean, I can see somebody saying Wisconsin has a chance, but I can't see somebody saying if you run the tournament a hundred times that they think Wisconsin's going to win the most. And that, to me, that's what picking the tournament is about. It's not, you know, hey, I'm going to get cute with my friends so I can have bragging rights, so I'm going to pick something outlandish so I look like a genius. You know, to me, that's wanting attention. If you're picking what you think is the best bracket, I don't think anybody can pick anyone other than Kentucky. And I think anybody picking anybody other, other than Kentucky is doing it because they want to be cute and they're, and they're betting that if, they, if they're right, everybody's going to remember it, and if they're wrong, nobody's going to remember it. I think in every single case, that would be the reason, the only rationale in, in my mind. Interesting. And again, I don't necessarily, I guess I could see other people making arguments for picking those other teams, but I do understand your point that Kentucky is head and shoulders better than the competition. Let me ask you this. If this Kentucky team is a 99% chance, according to you, and you didn't say this, so I'm putting words in your mouth here, but let's say right. you think there's a 99% chance they win the title. Something freakish has to happen for them not to win the title. Where would the 2012 UK team be percentage-wise of locks to be the, to win it all before the tournament started, according to you, if you can think back? Well, I remember distinctly Jimmy Dykes, and I, and I only know in hindsight that the computer model said 31%. That seems low in hindsight. And Jimmy Dykes, before the tournament, you know, he's a bit of a UK homer, I think most people can probably acknowledge, but he said before the tournament that if you played the tournament you know, ten times he thought Kentucky would win it six or seven times. And I didn't bat an eye when he said that. I, I thought that team was that likely to win it because, you know, even Calipari was going around saying he's got the best player and he was, you know, in uber swagger mode because he knew that when the, when the lights came on, Anthony Davis was just an otherworldly talent. And they don't have that one player on this year's team, but there's no other team in the country that has looked like like Kentucky when they played UCLA in the first eight minutes of that game. And there's no other team in the country that looked like them when they built that 19-point lead against North Carolina, especially at the end of the half or when they beat Kansas by three. And I, frankly, I think that's the Kentucky team you're going to see because every single time they've gotten bored and a team has crept in and made it interesting and people have started to doubt them, they rallied and said, okay, we're going to remind you, you know, who, who's King Kong. And we're, we're going to remind you who we are. And frankly, I think you're going to see that for six games. I think you're going to see something similar to what North Carolina did in the tournament in 2009. I don't think, I don't think there are going to be many close games here. And uh, that was going to be my next question is what other team before the season starts would you or before the tournament starts would you compare this one to? And also, I guess the the 2000, the second Florida team to win the title when they went back to back, that was a, a virtual lock to to be able to to win the title. And, and Captain Arctic tweet, tweets into the show and says that uh, he loves your way of thinking and, and he likes how confident you are uh, and he would buy it if it was best two of three. 
but it is NCAA tournament, Justin. It, it, and we're speaking with Justin Rowland at CatsIllustrated.com. One bad game and they could go home. And I know you don't think that could happen. And with a team this deep, it may not happen. Uh, but we'll see. What one player for you needs to to be consistent in March? And when you have a Kentucky team like this where you can uh, – any player could have a bad game because anybody else could step up, who's the one guy for you that you think needs to be consistent? Not great every game, but really can't afford to have bad games for this U.K. team. Is there one guy? There's no, there's no one guy. I would say that pretty much every year a team needs needs somebody that's going to that's going to get hot from outside and and is going to you know be a consistent three point shooter. And it's a little bit concerning that Booker is is so streaky. But you know, I don't think frankly this team has to shoot especially well from three to win the championship. I think they've proven they can win without doing that. Um, I think I think Towns is probably the one guy that that has to stay out of foul trouble. You know. If they lose, I think it'll be because he's on the bench. Because when he's on the court right now, he's just a surgeon picking apart the defense. He's going to draw two or three defenders. He's going to find enough wide-open shooters that they're going to knock down enough threes to win the game. And, uh, and, and you know, I would say Towns is probably, is probably the one. Nobody else jumps out. And I would say this, you know, you look at other teams historically, you know, who, who, who is the most likely going into it to win it? I think it's the best team of all time. And, you know, I... I I don't want to be too given to superlatives here, but I think sometimes we don't appreciate greatness until five, ten years after the fact. And there are going to be some people that, are, that disagree with this vehemently, a lot of 96 Kentucky fans. But I, I think it's the best team of all time, and I don't think there's been a more lopsided feel going into it in my lifetime. Interesting. And I would like to, uh, another another time, another show, I'd like to debate that maybe the 2012 team could beat this team. But although I think you you would certainly disagree with that, and that's fine. I, I love your confidence behind your, your opinions. They almost come off as facts the way you sell them, Justin. Uh, and that's why you're one of the best in the business when it comes to football recruiting. And also it shows that you know what you're talking about when it comes to basketball. So thank you so much for joining us. You can follow Justin Roland on Twitter, at Roland Rivals. Again, the best when it comes to football recruiting and as you've been able to tell today he knows a little basketball so thanks a lot justin hey thanks man take care you too and again justin Rowland joins us and explains why he thinks kentucky cannot be beaten and uh, again when you're that confident behind something it's much easier to sell an opinion like that uh rob blackhawk tweets in and says that uh the, that justin kind of sounded like a fool because the best team doesn't always win and, and I agree. I, you know, I, I know the best team doesn't always win. And it's kind of been a hot streak for college basketball because two out of the last three years, the best team has won with Louisville and Kentucky when they were both number one overall seeds. They were to, they were able to win. Florida, the best team last year, got to the final four uh, but ended up losing. So two of the last three years, the best team has won. But they don't always win, and, and and if it was a best three out of five or two out of three, I would agree with Justin that there's no way this Kentucky team's losing, but it's not. They can have a bad night. They could go into uh, Lucas Oil Stadium the first time they're going to be playing in a football stadium this year and just be off. It, sometimes it can be hard to shoot in those backdrops, and you can have an off shooting night, and maybe the other team's hitting. And even though Kentucky has been in games like that where they haven't played their best and maybe their opponent has, when you're playing Georgia and Georgia's playing their best and nothing's going for you that way, that's a lot different than when Arizona may do it or if Wisconsin may do it. So I think I know Kentucky's the best team in the field, and I agree with him that if you're picking against the U.K., 
you're either doing it to win your bracket pool, which is actually a smart thing to do because probably everybody's going to be picking Kentucky, or you're doing it to try to be able to say, I told you so. If you really, in your hearts of hearts, were picking a bracket, if something was on the line, you'd go with Kentucky. And you would. And I agree with him in that sense, but I don't, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be completely shocked if UK lost because that it's March Madness. It's Mar- it's not March chalk. So uh, things happen. We'll see though. Uh, he he seems and and if Kentucky is if Kentucky does go through the tournament and just dominates people, maybe has one close game, but really just really puts their foot on the other team's throat in every game and gets a nice fifteen plus point win then I'm going to say that Justin called it better than anybody. Because, yes, people are confident that UK is going to win. A lot of people are saying, well, it's UK against the field. There's no way that they're going to lose this and that. But I haven't heard anybody be as confident as him and saying that maybe it's the most lopsided tournament field in the history of, of the NCAA tournament. That's saying something. So credit to him coming on and, and defending his opinion. And if Kentucky loses, you know, then he's gonna hear he's gonna hear from people. But we'll see. Uh, again, if it was two out of three, like Captain Arctic says, if it was three out of five or best of seven, like the NBA, I would agree that there is no chance, no shot that Kentucky doesn't win the title. But it's not. We'll see. We're going to head to our second to last commercial break. I I think I'm still not Trevor. I'm still not 100 percent sure uh, on when the commercials come and go on this new hour and 30 minute show. A uh, little, we'll ha- little late, but that's all right. Uh, you know, you don't hear this long, a lot, but you did go a little long. Yeah. Well, yeah. Good one. All right. Well, then. Uh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm still out of I'm still out of sync on when the commercials go. So we'll take one now, and then I guess Trevor can tell me when I've got to take another one. Uh, be right back here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Stick around. We're back here on 1450 Sports Buzz, and because, again, it's a transition period, there's some stuff to figure out. We're going to have to take another commercial break here pretty soon in the next minute or two. Uh, Again, still trying to figure everything out. I'm blaming Trevor for that, though. Trevor, and and Trevor, what was the music going out? You said that you're going to be playing St. Patrick's Day music. What was that? The Cranberries, one of the more famous Irish bands. But, uh, but a song called but, "Zombie" about the wars that go the 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 inner war in, in Ireland back in the eighties uh, and nineties. I mean, maybe that was just a bad stretch of that song, but it was hard to listen to. You never. I, you, there's only listen for someone who is Irish, by the way. There's only like five bands that are Irish, and if you want me to avoid Sinead O'Connor, you're gonna have to get a cranberry song. 
I thought you were just going to do like Pandora, St. Patrick's Day music, where they've got all this classic St. Patrick's Day. Well, you, you know. want like Oh Danny Boy and something that has uh, bagpipes in it? That's Scottish, yeah, I guess. Some ba- at least some bagpipes. <laughs> well, first of all, that is Scottish, not Irish. They're two different things. Well, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, they, you. You you've got the wrong type of St. Patrick's Day music. The the classic ones that you find on Pandora and it's I guess it's all probably a little too cookie cutter for you. But so you're uh, saying to avoid the Irish. So so you're telling me Van Morrison and uh, you two are going to get bumped now. Is that what you have planned? <laughs> no comment. Oh yeah, well please. In that case, absolutely ban it. Uh, wh- I guess one quick update before we head to another commercial break is Matt Jones says that his prediction is that Billy Donovan will be the next coach at Indiana unless IU makes it to the Sweet Sixteen. Does that scare uh, so you, or, or uh, are you are you okay with that? Does that does it? it if Billy Donovan goes to IU, does it does it scare? Should it scare Kentucky fans? Yeah, knowing that one, that's the guy uh, before Cal Perry, obviously that Kentucky always wanted, and two. He could make Indiana to the powerhouse that uh, Crean has, at least in your eyes, especially has uh, completely failed at doing. It, it to to me, Billy Donovan is Billy Donovan. He, he's going to be good no matter where he is. But I don't think he can be. And, and you know, he won two national titles in a row at Florida, but that was lightning in the bo- in a bottle. I don't know if he can necessarily do that again. I think he's always going to be consistently good coach. I think he's going to be a guy that if he went to IU, he'd be going to Final Fours once every five years at worst. But I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to win national championship after national championship or have a, a Calipari-like run that he's had at UK. I don't think Billy Donovan would do that at IU. But I do think it will be a huge, huge upgrade and, and make IU one of the national players again. Again, not not a, a favorite to win the national title year in and year out. But they'd have their good years and they'd have their final fours. Uh, but they would also probably have some Billy Donovan bad years, although their bad years I don't think would be like Indiana bad years like last year. And I, guess, I know that this scared be a bad use the word since Calipari's already avoiding Indiana anyway. He's not avoiding Indiana. Took Trevor. his ball and ran home. He 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 oh he opened the door and said we'll play in Lucas Oil two out of three years and then you can come to Louisville one year. He made it. He did everything he wanted to besides going back to that Hornets nest. Uh, that that. That, and that's putting it nicely. You're so lucky I don't have a crybaby sound effect right now to use. That hornet's nest that is Assembly Hall. Uh, no reason to go back there and they're going to treat you like that. We're going to head to our uh, last commercial break here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Sorry for the mix-up. Trevor, please play something good. To the Sports Talker with TJ Walker. The new relationship we're going to have, Trevor, is where you're going to be playing terrible music in and out of breaks, or out of breaks, I suppose, since we've got the uh, the preset intros going in. 
Do I have to worry about this from here on out? First of all, you requested something more St. Paddy's Day, and that was Danny Boy. You can't get any more traditional St. Paddy's Day than, than green beer when it comes to music. I mean, that is the green beer of music for the Irish. No. Do I need to turn on? I mean, I know it wouldn't sound good, but do I need to turn on my Pandora and show you what I'm talking about? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, you could play it over the air. I don't know how much worse it would sound. I mean, how much? <laughs> well, all right. I'm just going to do the first Pandora that comes on and see what it is. But first of all, this is what you turned down, by the way. What, what is that? That's what I want. That's called Loch Lomond, Ireland's finest. It's just YouTube Loch Lomond, L-O-M-O-N-D. And that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's beautiful. That, that's what I need. That screams Lucky Charms. <laughs> Well, good. Fine with me. That's what St. Patrick's Day is all about. Lucky Charms, Four Leaf Clovers, Leprechauns. Did you see see Darren Rovell's tweet today, Trevor? So you like that better than this. That doesn't sound like Irish music. It's you too. You can't get any more Irish than you too. Just what are they? Are they Irish? Is that why you're? Yeah, saying they're from Ireland. Yes. Okay, that doesn't mean it's Irish music. That's just <laughs> Irishmen singing American music or normal music. Well, that's not. They do speak English in Ireland, so there's really not a separate language that they could be singing. I know yet. that. <laughs> I don't. I don't want. Well, there's parts of Ireland I think where they speak. I guess would it be Scottish? I, I, that's a good point. There's, You've already confused I, them with the Scottish by saying they play kilts and invented golf pretty much. So, I mean, you might as well say they speak Scottish. Did you see Darren Ravel's tweet today? Uh, I have not. Well, inform me. He uh, he's such a he's such a nerd. He, he tweeted he tweeted out that one point two five million market value of a leprechaun's pot of gold, which contains one thousand gold coins weighing one ounce each. What a nerd! <laughs> it's good to know. I'm glad. You know, I. I I felt my life was empty without having that fact in it. it it's, I mean, it, nobody gets ripped on more on Twitter than Darren Rovell. And, I, I, you know, I, at some point, I guess maybe he doesn't. But he, you would think he didn't read his replies because all of them are nasty and all of them are mean. But, I, you know, I guess 99% of them are mean and nasty. Why are they but he mean? Does, why are they mean? Yeah, I mean, he just puts out, like, he just throws out facts, usually financially or number related, because that's his... As his stick. I mean, that's what he does. Because he, just, he comes off as such a, a dweeb when he's doing it. Let me re- read some of the replies. Oh, uh, one, one person said, I hate you so much. <laughs> uh, I, another person said, I cannot believe ESPN pays you real actual money for this garbage. Uh, somebody else said, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they got that under 140 characters. <laughs> and, and it's... Oh, it's just... If you're not following him, there, there's a Twitter account called Rovell Replies where they just retweet funny replies that people send to Darren Rovell, and that's that's one of my favorite follows on Twitter. Uh, Rovell will sometimes put out some tweets that I like. like earlier today, he tweeted out an interesting uh, note that the last number one overall pick not to show up in the NFL draft was Dan Wilkerson in 94. I think that's an interesting little tweet. Uh, 
Maybe, well, maybe maybe one out of twenty are interesting, and yeah. he he sometimes he just comes off as again such a, a nerd, or and he can come off as condescending. It's oh, it's he's a goofball. Rob Blackhawk says you've reached your Ravel mention quota for the year. Once is the limit. Uh, okay, well that's fine with me. I, I usually don't try to, but that that leprechaun tweet was just a little too much. Captain Arctic tweets in says the Donovan to IU storylines an interesting one. So many pros and cons. Still think he might take the magic job. First off, before I address that, Scott, who is Captain Arctic, lives out in Arizona. Listens to the show uh, on a daily basis if he can, uh, and I'm very thankful that he listens and participates as I am for everybody that tweets in or texts into the show. It's uh, he let me over the over the last week watching the Big East tournament. For some reason, AT and T Uverse wouldn't show me. Uh, Fox Sports 1's coverage of the game, and I guess it's because I'm in within 100 miles of some Big E schools, whether it's, uh, I guess the only one would be Xavier. I'm not quite within 100 miles of Butler, but I guess maybe there's some coverage issues there that they haven't figured out with AT&T U-verse. I don't know. So I couldn't watch it. He gave me his DirecTV info and allowed me to watch it on my phone, which I'm very thankful for and nice thing to do. Uh, so cool, cool beans for that. Not Captain to jump Arctic. back off subject, TJ, real quick, but Yates just texted me and said even beyond his tenure being up with the station, he wants you to know that when they don't speak English in Ireland, they speak Gaelic. Okay, that's I knew I knew. Even when he's quit, he's already still involved in the show. He he can't get away. He's like we're like Frodo. Once you leave, we just bring you back in closer. Uh, I good. It's great, and, and he he certainly wouldn't be playing the garbage music that you're playing. And I really, <laughs> I, I really hope that you have Locke Lumman's music playing or ready to go. So uh, look well, you, forward. You to have it. a particular song to end with, so I, I don't have to pick the last song. Oh yeah, well switch it up. Go with Locke. Good old Locke. Lock the Loch Ness Monster. The Loch Ness Monster. As I like to call him. Uh, but anyways, back to the Donovan IU. It is a lot of interesting storylines, but uh, we'll have to wait and see what Indiana does this weekend. And I w- honestly, I, I think that Indiana-Wichita State game is one of the more fun first-round games out there. Uh, and Trevor, let's go through some of these 8, 9, 7, 10 games because those are some of the hardest ones to pick in the bracket. First, Cincinnati-Purdue. Who do you like there? Uh, I like Purdue. I've never been a Mick Cronin fan, and Purdue's size with uh, the two seven footers uh, is always impressive. Is always impressive to me. I take Purdue because of that. Isn't Mick Cronin out for the season? He hasn't been coaching. That's right. Right? Yeah, that's right. Well, that's true. But I hate Cincinnati anyway, so I'm never going to pick them. I, I, I like Purdue there too. Again, just too much size. Cincinnati can go years without scoring, uh, and not that Purdue's a, a great scoring. That could a team, but they're they're bigger and they're more consistent and. I think they're just the better team, so they'll win that one. Uh, Wichita State, Indiana. I really, when I first initially filled out my bracket going with my gut, I went with Indiana. Now, I've thought about it more, and, and I've I've done a little bit more research on Wichita State, uh, so I've changed my mind. But I, I, I might change my mind again before I have to turn in these brackets by Thursday. Uh, right now, I've got Wichita State. Who do you have, Trevor? Initially, I was the opposite of you. I went Wichita State right off the bat, but... Once I started thinking about it, I mean, I know I mean, you followed Indiana closely this year, being the fact we're the home of the Hoosiers. And I mean, I know how poorly they did play at the last, you know, a month of the season or so, ever since the Maryland blowout in, in Assembly Hall. But I mean, it's still, you can't avoid the fact of knowing that when they are at least semi hot from outside, they can be dangerous. I mean, their team, they could, I mean, could slip into the Sweet 16 easily if, they, if, they're, out, if they're decently hot from outside. 
it's just a coin flip, though. I, I'm going to probably stick with Wichita as my pick, though, just because even though I know what Indiana can do when they're on fire, I haven't seen them on fire enough in the last two months to, to make me think they're going to be on fire against a Wichita State team that plays solid defense. Yeah, it, it's Wichita State is is solid defensively, and they're and they're good around the perimeter. And uh, Van Vliet is is great, and Baker's fun to watch. And they've, uh, you know, they, they've they've got some good pieces. I just that that possible ha- Wichita Kansas matchup is what makes me worried in my bracket because I know Kansas can choke. We all know Kansas is not oh, uh, yeah. a stranger oh, yeah. to choking. And when they do choke, it's usually in the first two rounds. Once they it get is, past it, that first two rounds, they're usually almost a clear, not in this case because they play Kentucky in the lead eight, but they're usually a pretty clear path to go farther. So it, I am worried about that matchup. Yeah, that bottom half of the, that whole that whole bottom half of the Midwest is going to be fun because yeah. you know you, you've got Texas and Butler, and I, I think Texas is going to win that game. They're favorites in Vegas, uh, and then I wouldn't be shocked if Texas beat Notre Dame again. I do this every year, where the team that has so much potential never quite reached it for whatever reason, bubble team up and downs, this and that. I always like those teams in March, and they rarely ever work out. I guess Kentucky last year maybe would be an exception. Uh, but the UConn team in 2012, I think I've talked about, I like that Texas team to possibly do that same thing. So that bottom half of the Midwest could be wild. I, I'm, I'm still taking Wichita State to beat Indiana right now. We'll see if I change my mind on that. But as of today, I'm going with Wichita State. For all the Mike Bray success he's had, he's only been out of the second round once in his entire tenure, and that was with Matt Carroll's his best player back in 2003. And that 2000, I guess, 11 team was a two seed for Notre Dame. Lost in the second round to Florida State. And that was uh, that. That was a team I liked a lot. Yeah. Again, I'm a sucker for shooting teams. I love good offenses, uh, teams that can get up and down and put a, 100 points on you in the blink of an eye. Uh, Notre Dame, maybe not necessarily that team this year, uh, but Indiana's a team like that. So that's why I'm usually partial to the Hoosiers. That's why I like Duke to go really far this year. I like offense. It doesn't always work out for me. Uh, but I'd like good offensive teams. Heading down to the West, 8-9 game, Oregon, Oklahoma State. The Ducks uh, fell short in the Pac-12 championship game. Oklahoma State has just been the definition of a vanilla team. Who do you like there? I, I, it's always a coin flip, I know, but kind of like the producing Sandy, I'm kind of picking Oregon on all of them, which will probably mean Oklahoma State will win. But uh, I like Young, the, the high-scoring guard they have there, and I'm going to go Oregon in that game. I'm thinking the same thing. I've got Oregon in all of them. I don't uh, – Oklahoma State, they've got pieces that I like. Obviously, Travis Ford is uh, he's an okay coach, but it seems like a good guy. I, I just I think Oregon's better. Uh, Oklahoma State has played better teams all year, though. So it, the Pac-12 is terrible. Didn't they have a losing record in, the, in their own conference? Uh, did they? I thought they did. I'm mean, gonna double check that. Give me two seconds. I've got to pull it up right here. I had Oklahoma State. They eight and ten in conference. You're right yeah. about that. Jeez. I mean, when's the last time oh. we saw not only a team from a major conference make it with a losing record, but made a nine seed on top of it? Does that just scream what the the parity and the kind of mediocrity of this tournament? Well, it, no, it does. And I've been saying that all season long. How bad college basketball is this year, outside of maybe the top five teams. But listen to this, Trevor. Oklahoma State has lost six of their last seven games heading into the tournament. Yeah. They're one. They're one win. TCU, who they TCU. also got beat by fifteen to at the beginning of that streak. You're right. You're right. And they they were able to beat them at home by twelve. TCU, a team that finished eighteen and fifteen on the year, just four and fourteen in the conference. That's not good. I I didn't know that that Oklahoma State was struggling this much, but I think I might 
I think that solidifies my Oregon pick. I was kind of wavering on it a little bit. Now I, I'm 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 comfortable picking Oregon. Uh, and Travis Ford could get fired there. Uh, you don't finish. You don't he finish. Been fired winning. yet? I'm sorry. I thought they fired him last year already. No, no, no. Uh, but that's that's not the way you finish a year. That's not going to get people uh, happy in, in cowboy country. Uh, anyways, VCU Ohio State. I'm having a tough time with this one. At it's. Ohio State's not a good team. They haven't beaten anybody worth anything at all. Uh, but is this when D'Angelo Russell again? I start when when a player or team has some potential, it it opens up my eyes. Can he have a big march or at least beat VCU and get to the second round? This one's tough, me because I, I have a man crush on Thad Mod as a coach. I've always been a fan of his. I've watched Russell kind of struggle the last part of the year, especially in his shooting percentage being the fact that he kind of the, – the, the percentage went down because he was asked to take so many shots. I mean, the guy's taking 20 shots, almost 15, 20, 20, between 15 and 20 shots a game as a freshman. I, I, I want to pick Ohio State, but I've actually gone VCU, I think, on like all four brackets I've filled out so far because they are on fire at the moment, and it's hard just – it's hard to go against Shaka Smart. I mean, especially at least in one round, at least in the first round. I'm not saying they're going to go deep, but – at least in this round, I, it's hard to go against them. I, I just don't think Ohio State has enough talent I agree. across the board uh, to be able to handle VCU's pressure and their style of play. Uh, 59% of Yahoo users that have filled up brackets already are picking Ohio State. So That's kind of a trendy pick, though, because they, people that don't maybe follow college basketball and still, even though VCU went to the Final Four, don't remember that. They look at Ohio State and VCU and they think just – kind of Ohio State, they know who that is, and they kind of pick ahead of it because of that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Captain Arctic says John Rothstein loves Baylor, has them beating Arizona. I, I got Baylor I losing Baylor. to Georgia State. Eh, I don't. I love Baylor. I think you're just doing that because of Kevin Ware. I love <laughs> And Ryan I Harrow. Love I, and Ryan Harrow, the, the old Commonwealth misfits. I love Baylor, and, and when you look at the three seeds in the tournament – uh, Oklahoma, and, and they're all Big 12 schools, Oklahoma, Iowa State, and Baylor. And then you've got Notre Dame. With the exception of maybe Oklahoma, I think Kentucky maybe got the easiest three seed. Uh, I I'd said on the show yesterday maybe Notre Dame was the toughest, but I've thought more about it. I think Baylor and Iowa State are better than, than Notre Dame, and I think UK got fortunate getting Notre Dame in their bracket because that could be a tough matchup for the Irish. But I'm just not uh, sold on Baylor, and I think Georgia State with R.J. Hunter and Harrow and Ware – their ability to maybe bust that that Baylor zone, they can pull off the upset. That was one seed I was thankful that Louisville didn't get. I was so happy with Louisville getting UC Irvine. I was really knocking on wood they wouldn't get Georgia State. That team scares me. I wanted I wanted Louisville to get Georgia State just for the matchups. Yeah. It would, it, it'd be a more entertaining game. But I Georgia State just scored thirty eight points to win <laughs> to win the Sun Belt. I, hey, Georgia I, Southern's not, a good team, by the way. Don't don't dismiss Georgia Southern. Thirty eight. 38 points. NC State, LSU, this is the most fun 8-9 game for me. And, and you've got Cat Barber, again, Not he doesn't cut Cat's hairs for a living. He's a basketball player. Uh, he's great, but can NC State match up with LSU's front line? I'm, I'm going the other way. I, I see everybody else picking NC State, and I see some people getting cued and picking NC State to build, beat Villanova. I'm taking, I'm taking LSU. Maybe that's my SEC bias. This is, I mean, this is maybe the, one of the hardest one to pick from for me because – like you said, you don't. Will Cat Barber? Will he be the Cat Barber we're used to seeing? Or will Trevor Lacey show up? We know how sporadic he can be with his shooting. 
can they can LSU's guards handle that in the NC State's backcourt? Vice versa, you said can NC State handle LSU's size up front? Uh, the only reason I picked NC State in this was because I took coaching over. I took uh, Godfrey over over Jones in that in that situation. So oh, the only man. reason I went NC State in this game. Otherwise, I probably would have gone LSU if I went by talent only on the court. Dumpster fire of coaches. Yeah, well, it's lesser of two evils, I guess you could say. And I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm taking. I don't know. I, that's that, from a coaching standpoint. I don't know. And, and even from a team standpoint, that's tough as is. I'm going LSU there, uh, but that that'll be interesting. Now, here's something: Boise State and Dayton are going to play tomorrow night. How unfair is that for Boise State yeah. that they're going to have to play Dayton in Dayton in the first four? And then here's the thing: if Dayton wins, and I'm sure they probably will because such it will be such a home court advantage. All they have to do is go to Columbus for their Sweet 16, or they're for to get to the Sweet 16, their first and second round games, or second and third, whatever you want to call it. Uh, could, could you see Dayton, one, beating Boise State, and then maybe upsetting Providence or making a little bit of a run this weekend? I definitely can. In fact, I think I, one of my, and like I said, I've, I've had filled out like nine brackets, and which is why I don't know because they're like $10 a bracket. But I think I did, I did pick Dayton in the Sweet 16. Uh, I'm sorry, in the second round, uh, winning over Boise State and beating Providence. And it is unfair. I mean, how can you be allowed? I mean, I guess it's because they were the last playing game and already established to be in in in, in Dayton. But it does seem really unfair to do that. I mean, I guess it'd be un- even more unfair to say, okay, well, since you're playing, you're you host the first four, you're not going. We're bumping you out of the tournament, even though you were legitimately the last team in. Well, don't but, don't point them. Don't you don't you don't have to bump them out of the tournament. I, again, I get. But maybe if they're the, the first four in, they've got to play or last four in, they've got to play in Dayton. There's no. If fans are but there's not a pod. Now I would have put that pod. I would have switched that 11 seed with maybe another another uh, avoid Columbus very next. That's really unfair to and unavoidable. But I don't know. I think if you're the selection committee and you're going, all right, who are our last four teams in? And you've got Boise State, Dayton, and Ole Miss, BYU. Yeah. I I, I talk to the room and I say, okay, uh, Dayton is in. We've already decided that they deserve to be in the tournament. And I know that they were one of our last fours in, but how about we move them up one spot to where they were the fifth team out and maybe put UCLA in that playing game because we're not doing right by by whoever but is going to play. That's not right to UCLA, though. If, you, if they feel UCLA had earned an, a, a spot above playing in, why force UCLA just because of the geographic things to – I mean, it, well, it, it, there's no, it's no win-win situation in, in this comparison, really. I mean, there's, somebody's going to get hurt that shouldn't – and something, someone's going to get unfairly done in this situation the way it's done. Uh, I think Maybe get a second site for the first four. Maybe have two sites. Put them in Dayton and somewhere else then, and have two yeah, two could, first four sites. You could potentially do that, or just you know make an exception where, uh, you know, I guess even you could even go as far as saying Dayton, if you're in this four, first four game, that's maybe rules you out of the tournament. Uh, that probably wouldn't be fair to Dayton, but really, you know, it, it stinks for Boise State, and it's it's fortunate for Dayton. But the thing I would say for Boise State is win more games. This was maybe one of the weaker years of college basketball for the bubble. If you're in that spot, then that's your own. They they were a favorite in their own conference, and uh, I think they were tied for the conference. They 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 shared the conference regular season conference tied on, got knocked out in the in in the uh, second the round before the fight championship quarterfinals semifinals whatever it is. So I mean, like like Murray State, if you don't if you you know what Murray State won 25 in a row, but the only three they had to win were the tournament, and they only won two of those three. So. We need to get through the rest of these. Michigan State, Georgia, uh, bring your helmets to that game. That's going to be a bloodbath, probably a low-scoring game. 
I, I think everybody's probably got Michigan State. <laughs> I'm one of them. I've seen Georgia play their best. I've seen Georgia play a lot of games, but I've also seen them lose at home to South Carolina and Auburn. I, I don't see a way Sparty doesn't roll here. Is there anyone outside of Athens or maybe even the city of Atlanta that, did, that, that didn't pick Michigan State? I mean, really? No. I mean, probably I, there's not. probably people in Athens that didn't even pick Georgia. Probably means Georgia's going to win, though, if everybody's likely. Yeah, unless Tornado yeah. hits the arena, i.e., the SEC tournament game. It was an easy one. San Diego State, St. John's. Seems everybody's going St. John's, but maybe don't don't sleep on Steve Fisher. I disagree. I haven't even I haven't thought twice about picking against San Diego State in that game. So you're you're going St. John's? No, no, San Diego State. I've picked San Diego State without okay, without a okay. second I thought. thought you now. Said, yeah, I thought you said pick against San Diego State. So okay, well, I, I right now I've got St. John's mainly because I know more about them than San Diego State. I might change that one. I'm not 100 percent confident, but. The bad news is no, neither of those teams could even give Duke a semi-decent game in the second Eight, round. Nine matchup with the one is usually the, the first opportunity, clearly, since no 16's ever won. It's been the first opportunity for the one seed to go down, and we've seen many of scares in that tenure. Yeah, I just I, I don't think St. St. John's or San Diego. St. John's and Duke, I think, already played each other. But yeah, Duke I don't beat think them. That was a thousandth win for Coach K. That was. You're right. That actually was a game that St. John's gave away, in a sense. And yeah. also, I think they're playing in – Charlotte or something there. Duke's going to cruise through that. Uh, Iowa Davidson. I, I, I've got Iowa. I saw them just dismantle Indiana. They're bigger. They're better. They're more physical. Again, I, it, while I talk about I like offenses and I like shooters as you start to get to know me a little bit more, I also – I don't disrespect non-Power 5 teams, but I think higher Power 5 teams because you play better teams night in and night out. And again, I've been burnt on that before, but I like Iowa here. I'm going Iowa, too. The size of Aaron White's is going to be too much for Davidson. Uh, I, I, don't, I haven't watched Davidson play enough, but I know the resume tells me that they can't get anywhere other than one game against BC. They've been blown out by them. North Carolina cruised on them earlier this year, and Virginia handled them relatively close or relatively easily, so... I'm, I'm going to go to Iowa, even though they didn't look very good in the Big Ten tournament. All right, that's it for the 8-9. I wish we had more time to maybe go through some potential upsets. Again, I don't see a ton of upsets, and I say – and I again, there's going to be. Is there one I'm, right off the top of your head that you like? For example, I'd love to see a 12-13 matchup in Portland between Stephen F. Austin and Eastern Washington. I think it's going to happen. I, I've got Stephen F. Austin beating Utah. Everybody's high on Utah, but they have really struggled lately. And, and if DeLon Wright doesn't get going – they're they're not good. I mean, they're really really bad. I would compare them to Murray State if Wright's not on his A game. Uh, so, and not that Murray State's really really bad, but they're also not a great team. I think Stephen F. Austin could get the upset there, but that's the only one I'm really going out on a limb on. I think Xavier could lose to either BYU or Ole Miss, depending who wins that game. Especially if it's BYU. Uh, I, I I like BYU a little bit. So that's really all I've got. Any of that jump out at you? Uh, other than two I just mentioned. A Buffalo has been a very trendy pick. Too uh, trendy. For Wyoming, like Wyoming is always a, a difficult matchup because they, they they like to slow down and play that that frustrating offense. Outside that, no. I mean, I think more of the upside. I already mentioned Georgia State. So outside that, uh, maybe Wofford. I know you like Arkansas more than I do. I'm not big on Arkansas, though. I like Arkansas, and I can't wait for that Arkansas-UNC matchup. We're out of time for today. Again, no show tomorrow. I'll be down at the Yum Center getting interviews, talking to the UK guys. But we'll be back Thursday, and when we're doing the show then, there's going to be college basketball going on. We'll be talking March Madness. We'll be previewing Kentucky's game later that night, previewing, previewing Louisville's game in Seattle for the next day. Uh, best time of the year here in the Commonwealth. Thanks for listening. Appreciate everybody that texted in. Thanks to Justin Rowland for for calling in and, and Trevor, as always. 
uh, appreciate your whatever little input I get from you. So we'll see you on Thursday here on 1450 The Sports Buzz.